Hey everyone, we're back. Chapman Sports Radio. Uh, this week we had a guest, Brooke Leitz. Brooke Leet, actually, from the women's golf team. We recorded an episode with her over the weekend that we look forward to sharing with you guys. It's dropping on Wednesday. Um, but before we get into that, Evan and I are just going to discuss a little bit about uh, the week. It's today, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, and March Madness is starting this Thursday. So thought we'd discuss that a little bit. I myself am hosting a bracket challenge that I've been constantly um, asking Evan and others to join. So, Yeah, and- I just joined Thomas's bracket, and um, I, I usually don't follow college basketball as closely as I do professional sports, but I, I usually at least know what's going on a little bit. But this year, I'm pretty out of the loop. So when I was looking at putting my bracket together, I was pretty lost, if I'm being honest. But um, I with that, with that said, I'm still very excited for – March Madness. It's one of the most exciting sports events um, of the whole year. Really just kind of a fast-paced, fun thing to get involved with. Um, so that's why, even though I don't know a lot, I'm getting involved in a in a bracket. So I'm excited for that. This is the first time I'm doing one with Thomas, too. So we've, uh, we've got a league that we're doing. We've got some money involved in it. So mm-hmm. some hearts are involved in it, too. Yeah, it should be fun. I usually host a bracket pool. Um, obviously, there was no tournament last year, but the tournament before in 2019 was a real uh, upset. There was a lot of upsets in Cinderella stories. If you look at the stats, I think like it probably had the most upsets in a tournament yeah. history. Um, but this year might be even harder to predict because there has been so little out-of-conference games and teams have had shortened schedules. And there's teams with more losses that would normally not make the tournament but did this year because of a variety of moving parts, obviously navigating a season in the pandemic is not an easy thing to do so i expect this year there will be a lot of uncertainty as well yeah i know there's i mean there's definitely a lot of questions no doubt because i mean there wasn't a season last year so a lot of the players that we're seeing are guys that we haven't seen a lot of before it's not there's not a lot of guys who are playing this year that were at least a major part of a team in 2019 which was the last time we were able to watch uh, a full march madness season or full march madness event at least and um, with that said, I think people are kind of – I think it makes it exciting that people are really itching to watch um, this basketball event this whole month um, because they didn't get it last year and it's been a long time. And, and with that, like Thomas said, last – you know, two years ago, it was so exciting. Um, so I think there's a lot of things that really are coming together that make this season really exciting for people. You know, we don't know a lot about the teams. They haven't – you know, uh, Duke – is not in it yeah. for the first time and in, Kentucky and Kentucky forever. So it's just very different, just like everything has been lately. Um, but I think that makes it really exciting is there's kind of just so many variables that a lot of balls are up in the air. Yeah. If you guys are not uh, making a bracket, I definitely recommend doing it. Just a lot of fun. If you can get a group with your friends and fill out some brackets, money doesn't even have to be on the line, but it's really fun to just make picks and watch the games. Uh, but With that all being said, we're going to get into what our episode was about, provide you guys with a little bit of context um, on the women's golf team at Chapman and kind of how the Skyak Skyak history, basically, in the women's golf division. Uh, So this year, Chapman is ranked 24th nationally as of March 12th, uh, the March 12th coaches poll, which is obviously really good. But to give you guys some perspective on how um, elite, honestly, the Skyak division is Pomona Pitzer is 19th nationally. Um, Claremont Mud and Scripps CMS, also known as, are 14th nationally. And then Redlands is the number one team in the nation. So also 
in the past, since basically since 2012, Claremont uh, CMS has taken six out of the last eight uh, Skyac titles in the women's golf division and Redlands being the other two in 2016 and 2015. So Chapman is playing in a really tough division basically. Um, but obviously, as you'll hear, uh, it's it's been a good season. 24th nationally is is very good. It's um, huge. And, and this is, I think this is the first time they're in the top 25. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to see maybe even in school history, but definitely in recent years, you know, I mean, for a long time, just kind of as, as Thomas just noted, it's been um, CMS and Redlands have kind of been running the Skyac and in a lot of ways running Division Three women's golf, um, or at least Redlands has right now. But, and, you know, Chapman is really, so far in the first two tournaments, have really established themselves um, as competing with those schools. So that's why we were really excited to have Brooke on this week since she had such a strong first tournament. Um, so, yeah, I mean, both both her and Lauren Settle, both seniors, are um, off to really, really great starts. Um, Brooke is number 14th or number 14 in the country so far this season, and uh, Lauren Settle is number 17. And then they have a freshman who we actually haven't gotten the chance to talk to named Kayla Higgins, who's uh, – 25th in the nation so i mean they've got what three girls right there in the yeah. top in the top 25 nationally mm-hmm. which is huge for chapman and, and definitely they've never been in this position before so it's exciting for them yeah chapman's getting in the mix not only in the sky but nationally um which is really exciting so we hope you guys enjoy our, our discussion with brooke and evan unless you have anything to say we're gonna talk about well, you'll hear our interview with Brooke. Yeah, our interview with Brooke was um, was really fun. We touched on a lot of different things, um, just kind of her evolution of golf over the past four years, um, how she was able to stay busy during the pandemic, um, and a little bit about golf movies, too. So it was a real fun episode. Um, so, yeah, excited for you guys to, to listen in. Hope you enjoy. One, two, three. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Chapman Sports Radio, Panther Insider. This is Evan Andriola here, always with Thomas Doyle. Thanks for tuning in this week. We have a really great episode that we're excited for. Um, Brooke Lead from the women's golf team is here to join us. Brooke, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, guys. I'm Brooke Lead. I'm a senior from Rancho Santa Margarita. My major is business marketing, and I have a minor in data analytics. And as they said, I'm on the women's golf team here at Chapman. That's awesome. Yeah, I know we're super excited to, to have you on. I mean, this is our, what, fourth episode, Thomas? Yep. We've been trying to, to get someone from a, a women's team on, and you're the first one we were able to kind of get to do that. So we're hoping to kind of keep that going throughout this semester. So we're super excited, but let's jump right into it. Um, so... You got with golf being, you know, one of the first sports that's, you know, back in action. I think if I'm not wrong, I think it's right now just you and swimming. And I think you guys are out there first. What has it been like, you know, getting back on the course? Has it been weird? I'm pretty sure you guys have to play with masks on. I'm just kind of curious about, you know, the experience of, of does it feel normal? Does it feel real? What's it been like? It was almost like an unreal feeling in a way, because we've spent now this entire year since March of 2020. We had played, I want to say, two tournaments before COVID hit, and then we had to all leave, and our season was taken away. And so it's been a year of just, are we going to have a season? If it is, what's it going to look like? And I was blessed to hear on like in February, they're like, okay, go practice because we have our first tournament coming up now, which was amazing. And 
The school was great, just giving us the precautions, being able to play. So like you said, we do wear a mask the entire time from like as soon as we get on the bus to go to our tournament. The only time you take it off is when you're physically swinging for a shot. But any other time you're wearing a mask, which honestly is not a big deal. I was just excited to be playing. I didn't care what they made me do. Honestly, it was just really cool to like get onto the first tee and be like, wow, this whole year has been leading up to this. Cause like, like I'm a senior and I didn't think I was going to get my final season. Right. And so it was just a surreal feeling. No, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, the fact that you're a senior and coming into it, you didn't really know whether you're going to get an opportunity to do. Have you played all four years? Yeah, I've played all four yeah. years at Batman. Right. And you want to get that opportunity to kind of like, you know, finish it out. Your senior year is, is something that you've been looking forward to. So I can imagine there's kind of like a natural anxiety of like, are we even going to get to do it? Blah, 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 blah. So getting the opportunity, I'm sure has been, it's been nice, but no, it's been really, it's probably really been great to be back out there just because some of the other sports are hoping to get out there. But, you know, with golf, from what we know, and I know Thomas kind of had some questions about this, but golf is kind of a sport that you can socially distance without it being getting in the way of, of play. I feel like golf is a sport that has gained popularity during the pandemic from just a lot of, from a casual uh, standpoint, like myself, you know, I started playing golf uh, during COVID and I don't know if I would have had that opportunity or the opportunity to play as much without the pandemic. So I was curious, like how the amount of new people coming into the sport has had an impact on you. It has. Honestly, I'm here for it. I think golf is one of the best sports to like have. It's just a game you can play throughout your entire life. Like I play with my grandparents. Like that's just like a cool sport and connection I get to have. My grandfather, he's in his seventies and he's played every day for the past probably 25 years, every day. (laughs) Exactly. Like that's just so cool to me. And I have had friends actually pick up the game and they'll like send me Snapchats like, Brooke, how's my swing looking? And I'm like, you're getting good. <laughs> and it's just so cool to like see, cause it's even funnier. Cause then they're like, Brooke, golf's like actually fun. And I was like, I know I've been telling you, but yeah. it's really cool to see the increase in popularity. Like it's so addicting, you know, you just, you want to get better every time you play. And I've become like really kind of obsessed with it, but my, my dad and my brother, not so much. I try to get them to like come to the driving range with me. Cause they're both inexperienced and my brother's kind of a hater about golf, which honestly I used to be, but I, I love it. It's so much fun. And you're right. It, it's a great opportunity to stay connected with people. You might normally not uh, hang out with as much, you know, it gives you an opportunity to have a fun time playing an activity, but also like catching up, talking, you know, just like you said, hanging out with your grandparents, you have that connection. It's literally the most perfect, like socially distant sport. Cause mm-hmm. like, you don't have to be close. You can just like yell from afar being like great shot, stuff like that. Encouraging. But also, like you said, just having fun with friends and stuff like that. So I grew up playing baseball. I played baseball in high school and it was, it was always something that like, there was something between like guys, especially pitchers, but like guys who played baseball growing up, they would like, once their baseball careers were over, they would kind of transition into golf just cause there's somewhat of a translation in the swing or there's a little bit of an adjustment. Um, I'm still yet to kind of make that transition, but I have a lot of the guys that I grew up playing with are now big, big golf fans. I'm curious to know a little bit about how, you know, what got you into golf, how long you've been playing with your, your parents, big golfers, and just kind of what your experience was like growing up playing golf. So it was actually my dad who got me into golf. So I have a younger sister. She is currently a sophomore over at USC. But when we were both very young, he took us both to the golf course, hoping that one of us would pick up the game. And it worked with me, thankfully. 
And it was always our running joke. Like he would used to, I used to be his excuse to get onto the golf course so he could go teach me all his skills. And now I'm his, like, it's the other way. Cause I'm like, dad, I need someone to like, come watch me swing. I'm like, dad, like come out with me. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's just a really cool bond. And I, once again, I've been playing since I was a kid. I got really serious around like seventh, eighth grade. I started playing in like tournaments cause I really wanted to play for my high school. And then I was on JV for two years in high school, varsity for my final two. And then I knew for a fact, I'm like, okay, I want to keep playing golf in college. Like, so I was looking at like Redlands. I was looking at um, a place called Linfield up in Oregon. I was looking at, I forgot the other school, but like, and then Chapman came up and Chapman literally just had it all for me. I had location, like the academics. And then I reached out to coach Ming and I was like, hi, like I'm Brooke. I'm going to be an incoming freshman. I would love to play if given the opportunity. And he was like, send me your stats, all these things. And then all of a sudden I knew I was in Chapman coach Ming said, Hey, I would love to have you on the team. And I was like, I'm living my college dream of being a college athlete and getting to play golf. I was just overjoyed. And I've met so many cool people on the golf team, both in Chapman and from people who we've competed against. Like I become friends with them on Instagram. As soon as like the round's over, we whip out our phones and we're like, okay, what's your Instagram? Like, and then it's cool. Cause when you get to go to another tournament, you get to like see them again and be like, Oh, how are you doing? And then like, you end up like cheering them on too. And it's just such a cool environment. Like I'm just amazed and thrilled to be a part of it. I know for division three schools, it's a little bit different because, uh, you can't be given athletic scholarships. So it's kind of you reaching out, you played in high school, obviously. Um, I played on the, I play on the, or played on the basketball team, but our season was canceled, but similar thing. I had interest in Chapman, a uh, great location, obviously it's a, it's a funny process, but it's, it's so cool. The mix, uh, and like the mix between academics and athletics that we have here at Chapman, because obviously Chapman's a great school, beautiful campus and to have the opportunity to get a great education and also like play the sport you love is such a cool opportunity. Yeah, we, we continuously hear that with like all the athletes we talk about is how the, the whole like Chapman checked all these boxes and the yeah. fact that it allowed me to kind of have like a balanced life as a division three athlete, um, take my sport really seriously to the next level, but then also kind of like give me the education I was hoping for. I'm curious, what was the um, transition from high school golf to college golf? It's definitely different because I went to like a private high school and so they were very big on their sports. So we had practice every day after school, usually had a tournament once a week with against one of our other high schools. And then transitioning to Chapman, like we're such a diverse group with people in different majors. And like, they're also like, once again, it's college. So you have other groups you're a part of. So it wasn't like we ended up like, you don't really practice with your team. You practice on your own and then you'll like play little like rounds with them to like practice with that. So that was kind of like weird for me. Cause I was like, Oh no, am I going to like miss having this team aspect? But like, as soon as like, and I was like kind of afraid of that, but then I didn't need to be because I still have met really cool people on my team. I've made really good friendships with people on my team. I'm curious. What is your guys's home course? Our home course is test and rent. So it's okay. out like, a 15 minute drive from here. Yeah. That's a pretty nice course, isn't it? I've driven through it. Cause I was curious. Cause it looks really, it looks really cool. Tea times are expensive there. I know that. So that's, that's awesome. You guys get to play there. Yeah. I'm like when I told my dad, he was like, so what's your guys's home course actually? And I go test and ranch and he's like, 
no, it's not. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it looks super nice. Moving into uh, kind of the early success you guys have had this season. Um, I mean, I just, with the little research that I did before you came on just this past week, um, I, I'm pretty sure you guys got ranked you know, top 25 nationally as a team, which is a huge deal. Congratulations, by the way. What has been, you know, I mean, I'm not sure how many tournaments you guys in, probably only a couple in, right? One or two? Yeah, only one. And we have one actually starting tomorrow. Gotcha. Okay. So what, what has been the key to your guys' success this season so far? And then what do you, what are you looking to kind of do to keep that going? Honestly, we have a great team. Like we have three new freshmen who I love and adore. They have a great game and along with like our returners. But I think it was just like how we were talking about like this whole year of waiting, like there's this new, like fire or desire however you want to say it like that we really want to like get back into the game and do the best like I personally because like waiting a year knowing it's my senior year I'm like I want to just finish strong I want to just like do the best I can so I can look back on these years in the future and being like I put my heart on that course I did the best I could I was surrounded by amazing teammates awesome coaches who I love and adore and just knowing that the fact to like how we've been waiting, we're just like, we want to just give it our all and just leave it on the course and just not look back. And so we were really excited when we saw that we're ranked number 24. That's never really happened for us. So we're like, that's really cool. The fact that we might have an opportunity to make it to championships this year would be amazing. And I would be so grateful if that was a possibility, but even if not, like, I'm just excited to have a season with them. For, for people listening, the reason that, uh, we were interested in having Brooke on, or I was at least motivated to seek her out was because I saw uh, on the Chapman's athletics account, if you don't follow it, it's at Chapman sports on Instagram. Brooke got uh, ch- awarded Chapman athlete of the week. I believe it was last week, which is a really awesome. Um, yeah. It's Thank the you. Said that you had your career best round. So we were curious, um, how did you hone in on your skills during the pandemic and what is a part of your game that you feel like you've really keyed in on this year? Being during the pandemic, I knew my like game was good, but I would go out with my dad and we would practice. One of the big game or like the big areas of my game that I really honed in on was my mental game, especially coming back. I knew that was going to be a struggle because like, even though a mask, like it's not that bothering, but like, that's yeah. just something new you had to adapt to sure. yeah. just the new things I was going to have to learn. Like, not being able to like hug like my teammates when I first saw them when we got back because I haven't seen them in the whole year was really weird. I was like, hi, like I missed you. Yeah. But no, like just the mentality of it, like just knowing like, okay, like let's, let's think about the shot. Let's execute it well. Honestly, my goal for the season going in before our first tournament was like, okay, Brooke, like I've only shot 80 before. That was like my best before it. And I was like, okay, bro, we're going to break 70 or we're going to break 80 this year. We're going to shoot in the seventies. We're going to make it happen. So on day one of the tournament, I'm like, I don't try to count my score. Obviously like I keep it down, but I try not to like mentally count it in my head. So like I mess myself up because I'll be like, oh, I got to get par or something like that. Yeah. And so that was my new trick for help my mentality. I'm like, okay, we're not, we're just not going to count it. So I didn't count it on day one and going down to the 18th. I wish I counted because I was putting for birdie. And then if I had made that birdie putt, I would have finally broke 80. And I was so distraught after day one. I was like, you're kidding me. Do you think it would have been better if you had known that before the putt? I think for just that one putt, I 
would have put a little bit more effort because I knew I was playing well. I'm like, oh, we're probably shooting the 80s. This will be a good score. Like, I didn't think I was at 80. And so maybe if I did, I don't know. But then day two comes around. I'm like, all right, not reading the score was really helping with your mental game. Let's do it again. We're not even going to do it when we get to 18 because I told my coach, and she's like, don't read it. Don't, don't, don't mess it up. I'm like, okay. It was so funny. So I played as an individual and so there was just me and one girl from Kowloon and we were at the front of the line. So we were the first ones out for the day. And we finished our round in like three hours and 40 minutes, which is kind of unheard of for like walking, especially in a tournament. Like we finished so fast, like the people at the score table weren't even set up, weren't even there. So like we had a call coach to be like, Hey, like we need someone to take our score. Like we finished. And they're like, you finished? And we're like, yeah, we're done. And I knew I was playing really well that day. And I had my coach come with me. I'm like, coach, I need to count my score. I can't, I can't. You need to count it for me. And she's like, all right, you were you were two over. Okay, you were three. You're five over. Brooke, you shot 77. And I lost it. I was like, like, coach, what do I do now? Like, I need to quit. Like my, my season is I'm quitting. Like, this is the highlight of my life. Like I'm done. And it was just really cool. It was kind of sad because usually they allow spectators, but because of COVID, I understand you can't. And I wish my dad was there because he usually comes to a lot of my tournaments, especially that are local. And so I called him right after my mom started crying on the phone because she knew how much it meant to me. Then I called my grandparents. because, Like I said, I golf with my grandfather a lot. So it meant a lot to him. And it was just really cool because then my teammates are coming in. They're like, how did you shoot, Brooke? And I'm like, I broke it. And they're like, no way. And they like were so excited for me. And it was just such a surreal feeling. It was amazing. That's <laughs> awesome. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's actually a really good story. Hopefully your, your parents and grandparents get to tune into the episode and hear you talk about it, get you a little bit more publicity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's something kind of to that whole, like, like not focusing on like how you're playing and just kind of focusing on that whole, I mean, it was kind of the same thing and not to always bring it back to baseball. I do this a lot, but like with, with um, when I was playing baseball, we would all, if a guy was pitching a perfect game or a no hitter, you were supposed to, you're not supposed to tell him even oh. if he doesn't realize it, you don't want him to know. It's almost like if you're shooting the best game of your life and you don't know it, there's something about it. There's something mental about, and it sounds like you have kind of unlocked that threshold. I mean, now yeah. let's see it. Let's see if you can keep it going the rest of the year. Hopefully you can, but. Oh, I agree. My yeah. mom already said, she's like, don't let this go to your head, Brooke. Like you still right. got to like do whatever you did. Don't let this like go to your head. And I was like, try not to. My coach messaged our group yesterday because it like how you said, we got found out we were ranked 24th, but I also found out I'm ranked number 14 in the nation individually right. for the uh, division three women's and I was like oh no that's like, huge that's awesome yeah thank that's you um there's definitely something to be said about not like keeping track of stats because I'll relate it to basketball after Evan related to baseball but like I know it's really easy at least in my career I've been you know so focused on okay what's my stat line what's my stat line like I'll keep it in my head kind of just like naturally during the game but it feels so good to just be in this. You're so in the zone. You're kind of just not worrying about it and you're playing so well. Like that's a great feeling. And some of my classes, like we've talked about flow, you know, when you're in a flow and like the first thing I could relate it to is just sports when you're really in that zone and you're just hitting everything where you need to, you know, it's, it's like, a, it's such an amazing feeling. Yeah, it really was like exactly like what you were saying, the flow, like yeah, I knew going in, it was so funny on whole 18 on day two, my person I was playing with race, she's like, 
Brooke, you're like playing really well today. I'm like, Grace, don't jinx it. Like we have one hole left. Like we could, we can mess it up and she's like, take it back. (laughs) That's awesome that you had one of your best rounds and it was in competition. Yeah. That was really cool. Because have you, have you, I'm sure you've probably broken 80 just playing casually, but. No, that was my first time breaking 80. Okay. Wow. That's a, that's incredible. Then that's like such an awesome highlight. It was so cool. I was like the first time it was also to the fact that it was our first time coming back from COVID. It was the first tournament, second day. It was really windy that day too. So like when I called my dad, I'm like, dad, I broke it. And he's like, no, you didn't Brooke. It's like 15 to 20 mile power winds. There's no way that you broke 80 for the first time in that condition. And I was like, but I did. And I had to like send him my scorecard because he didn't believe me. I'm curious. So I know we've talked a little bit about kind of the pandemic, but um, how, I'm just curious, how often were you able to get out in golf? So what was, you know, most of 2020 like in terms of you on the course? Definitely at the beginning. So like over in March, like like we know everything was shut down. So golf courses included because they didn't have like the correct safety precautions because you use a lot, like people like will take the pin out of the flag. So they're like, how do we stop that now? Because that will spread germs or like people driving in golf carts or golf carts. Like, how do we fix that? Like they've now made like clear barriers. So like two people can sit along with also wearing masks and just stuff like that. So I didn't get to play golf really for a while in the beginning, but it was funny at, we have a house in Palm Springs. My parents own one. So like we spent majority of the first few months of quarantine out there because we knew the numbers were lower Mm. and it was so funny. So we literally live on a golf course and we're looking at hole six at our place knowing we can't go on it. So me and my dad are now practicing our chips into like a brown box just for practice because we were just Jones into play and couldn't do anything else. And so we just like found little things to like keep us going. But as soon as we heard like one of our home courses was opening up, we were like, all right, tea time. Who are we going with? What time couldn't we get to? Once people got not more relaxed, but found the ways to make golf safe again, I started playing a lot more. Like you said, going to play with like my parent, my dad, especially since like we were the same household. So we knew it was safe. And then going a lot to the driving range because that was just like a way to get out. And it was actually definitely more crowded, like with the popularity increase in golf, because that was like one of the first sports where they're like, yeah, that's kind of safe. And they're like, well, might as well do something. That's actually really funny. I mean, but that kind of little makeshift course that you had to make or the, you know, the box working on your chips, you got to do what you got to do to stay in, uh, to keep your game in shape. So exactly. Um, I know we've talked a little bit about, um, some, some of the members on your team, or you mentioned kind of the strong freshman class. Um, and you also mentioned how, um, I know you and Lauren, Lauren Settle or Seattle. Settle. Uh, yeah. Settle. Yeah. So I know you guys are both having a really strong, you guys are both seniors. So I would imagine you've played with each other for four years now. Um, yeah, we both came in as freshmen. I know you guys are both, you know, kind of leaders on the team, um, both having strong seasons so far. I'm curious. And I always love talking about team dynamics. I think it's kind of like a fascinating thing about sports. So what is kind of the relationship you have with Lauren and, you know, the fact that you guys are seniors and actually getting to play this year together. I'm sure that's kind of special for you guys. It's really cool. Cause like, it's so funny. It's not just like me and Lauren, but it's also Brody who's on like the guys team. He also came in as like when we were all freshmen. So like, it's this little group that's just like grown as we play. Cause it was weird. We were like, Oh my gosh, we're the old ones this year. Like, this is so weird. Like we remembered when we were freshmen coming in and it was crazy. 
but our relationship like we respect and like it's just so cool because we cheered each other on like Lauren is definitely like top player like mine was like the first time coming like wow this was kind of like crazy this happened but Lauren you guys are both nationally ranked I believe top both top 20 or something yeah I want to say Lauren is 17th currently but yes she is like such a supportive teammate like she when she came in and she was the last one to come in and she was like Brooke how did you do and I'm like I broke 80 she was so excited for me along with the rest of my team and it was just such a cool feeling and like we support each other like no matter what you shoot like if you didn't have a good day we're like okay you got day two or like we know what like what you need to work on like it's just like no matter what we do we're always there to help and support one another or like if it was like I, my chipping was really bad today. Like, okay, like I'll go to the chipping range with you or something. Like, let's just figure out what it was. And you're just there for everyone's high and lows. And it's just, it's such a cool team dynamic. No, I think there's kind of a special team dynamic when you've got like an individual team sport. I'm not sure what the, the terminology is on it, but it's different. You know, it's different from, you know, what Thomas and I grew up playing. Um, for you, it's like, you know, you have your individual game where you're focused on, on you giving your best, but then it's part of this cumulative team um which is uh, you know and i think there's an even like more special dynamic that comes from teams like that just because you're all supporting each other to go out there and, and play your best but and also in some ways you're also competing against each other yeah um but no i mean i think it's awesome that you you and lauren are both off to like a really hot start and i hope you guys can kind of like keep that going as seniors you know to kind of not just lead an example for for the younger girls on the team but then also just kind of like for the success of your guys team this year so rick um i'm curious how much do you interact with the men's team you just mentioned a guy on the on the men's team like how does that work uh with the men and women's team do you guys practice together how does that work like i said before it's hard for us to have like a set practice time but like yeah. if you want to do like a qualifier round which is how our coach decides who gets to actually go play at the tournaments mm-hmm. like you're welcome to reach out to the guys team like I'm a, like, and we'll have like before COVID, obviously, like we would try to have some like team bonding activities where we would like kind of go and see each other and like meet the new guys on the team. They'll meet the new girls and just like start being come friends. And so like this past tournament, the one we've been talking about, it was a co-ed tournament. So it was guys and girls both on the bus. It was really cool because on day one, the guys went off first and then the girls and then on day two, being the last day, it was cool because, like, as we were finishing, like, we would all, like, kind of, like, there was this kind of, like, hill over by the um, green of 18. And we were all just standing there as a group and, like, cheering each other on us. We were all coming in and it was really fun. And we just had a blast because it was, like, how we said, like, oh, how are you doing? Like, ah, this. And then being, like, how other people are you playing? Like, like just catching up and, like, seeing how their round was. Since it is an individual sport, you were away from your teammates for like four hours you want to like get to know all the information that's so cool that you guys have that dynamic with both teams so we're gonna go to a little break just temporarily and when we come back we're gonna do our signature hot seat edition with brooke this time uh so stay tuned guys Evan, dude, are you sweating? Yeah, dude, it's getting pretty hot in here. Oh my god, do you see that? See what? That seat over there, I think it's on fire. And with that, we bring on to our next guest for this edition of The Hot Seat. Let's hope they don't get burnt. All right, so Brooke, in your opinion, what's the best golf movie? Happy Gilmore. 
Happy Gilmore. We were talking a little bit about that before. We were like, Happy Gilmore, it's a Caddyshack. There's a few like serious ones too. Yeah. I feel like Happy Gilmore is like the gateway for like people who are like, oh, golf seems fun. It's Happy Gilmore. Evan's like the biggest Adam Sandler advocate. Yes, <laughs> I, right. I got a bunch. Of, I got a bunch of Sandler stuff. <gasps> yeah. No way. He reposts on his Instagram and stuff all the time. No, you're, you're talking to a super fan here. You know, I actually have a funny story. I have a funny theory about Happy Gilmore. Do you guys know who uh, John McEnroe is from tennis? I do not. Okay. Oh, is that the guy that like yells and has an anger issue? Exactly. So he was a yeah. tennis player in like the eighties <laughs> who was basically like tennis was this kind of similar to golf in the way that it's like, it's kind of got this like country club reputation where like yeah. you don't show anger in the same way that you would on like the hockey rink or like in basketball or football. So, so, and then this guy, Johnny McEnroe would play and he would yell at the, at the refs and he was very emotional and was kind of not what tennis was used to. He was kind of like, um he was aggressive he wasn't very like reserved and sandler has is a huge john mcenroe fan and they think and i have a theory that that happy gilmore is based off jack john mcenroe and the fact that like he was kind of like the bad boy of tennis and then happy gilmore was like but thing is you couldn't deny john mcenroe because he was so good you know tennis purists hated him because of his anger um and then i think you know i think happy gilmore is a similar story but anyway that's just a theory Anyway, no, I like that theory. I think you're totally right now. Thinking about there. that, you're so right. There's yeah, something there. You're probably onto something. Um, I'm curious. Did either? I know Evan did. did. Brooke, did you see like on Twitter? Maybe it was on Instagram. The interaction Adam Sandler had. I forget the actor's name for Shooter McGavin, but like he did. He did. Uh, Evan, you could probably describe it better. But Adam Sandler like was playing golf, and he took a video of himself, and he was like just basically put himself in the character of yeah. happy Gilmore and he did the, the walk up drive and he was like, Oh, that one, that's a bomb. You, you guys should have seen it. And then, and then shooter McGavin like clapped back and <laughs> it was just like, it, it was just something about like 25 years since the movie came out. Yes, that's what it was. I haven't, but I'm definitely going to try looking it up after this. Cause it's I will fun. enjoy that. I mean, that's that happy good. Gilmore swing is like what every person has probably tried to I mean, I can imagine it's probably annoying for you being like an actual golf player, <laughs> but like everyone tries to mimic it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I've tried to mimic it before. It is incredibly hard, but that is definitely one of the things when people find out I'm a golfer, they're like, oh, so have you tried the Happy Gilmore swing? And I'm like, yes, I have, but it's not easy. It's not, dude, and that's the weird thing is um, in the movie, like he actually, like he's obviously not actually driving it 400 yards, but he is driving it pretty far in each clip. And when he did the 25 years ago thing, just a couple of weeks ago, like he actually does the real walk up and he hits yeah. it flush. Okay. Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson is our next one. Phil Mickelson. I love lefty. Ooh, wow. Okay. Uh, Evan's a lefty. Actually, I was going to mention earlier that I've tried to get Evan to come play golf with me, but I don't have lefty clubs. No one, no lefty one lefty knows that. So he's. I love watching lefty swing, swing just because it's so rare. Like I never see them a lot. And I just think they have like the, it, even though it's just like inverse or reverse, whatever the hell it is, I'm always just like, I'm fascinated. So yeah. whenever I get paired up with a lefty, I'm like, oh, like on the first team, like they're lefty. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's really flattering. A lot of right-handed people have like an obsession with left-handed mechanics like same thing thomas you can talk about basketball how many times are like people a uh, sweet stroke and lefty i used to hear that all the time and i wasn't even I a good shooter and i used to hear I that all the time lefty like i whenever like i just wish i i could hoop lefty um i like when you know you take a, a video of yourself and it's like mirrored and it looks like 
like mm-hmm. it's it looks like i'm shooting lefty and i'm like that that's my what my shot would look like if i was lefty it's it's like wow i i also am the same way i am in awe of lefty basketball players just to say yeah yep. same thing baseball too like people used to like you know left-handed base like swings um people used to think it was the coolest thing and every ride would want to hit lefty when driving t high or t low uh, t high okay. t it high let it fly that's what my dad taught me I like that. Like, do you know any people who we, we were talking about that before? I feel like most people go T high. Do you know anyone who goes T low or anyone who's I've never high? really seen anyone T low. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, would you rather be able to drive it as long as you want, but not have great accuracy or be able to keep it straight, uh, straight, but short? Straight, but short, because if there's like trees or anything, I'm screwed. I, I'm not like a PGA pro where they can just like laser it through trees. So I would be messed up. I think most people would probably take that answer as well. I would hope. That's the, that's the kind of answer. I feel like that question, like anyone who knows that golf is a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And so like, although it might be fun to hit an absolute like tank of a drive, you know, like eventually you're going to want some consistency yeah. know, on your drives, even if it's short. So well, um, when I was in high school, I used to like wind up so far that my coach used to call me Babe Ruth, but it would like spray left and right. So I finally had to control it, but I, I would love to hit it far and straight, but I'll take short and straight. All right. You can only carry one hybrid or three iron hybrid respect. Okay. Dream golf destination. Pebble beach. Okay. Mm, so I was thinking last one I have for you. Would you rather have the driving yips or the putting yips? Driving hips. Why? I don't know. I love my driver. I think that's my favorite shot out of my entire bag. It's just first at the tee and I just, try to get as far as I can putting is just so much mental like uh, if you ask my coach I'm the fastest putter you'll see I don't even really I don't use the liner on like the ball I try to visualize line it I I don't take the time because I'm just like get me off the green (laughs) I I sometimes I feel like when I put the best it's kind of just like quick little gauge of you know the green what what the lie is and then just kind of it's all based off feel I feel like when I line it up I think too much about it and it's like it makes it harder. Exactly the same. I'm exactly the same. I have a tea time at 1130. So wish me luck. <laughs> oh, good luck. Where are you playing? Uh, just playing a little course in Long Beach with my friends. I think it's like, it's just not, we're playing nine basically. Oh, that will be fun. Okay, Brooke, thank you for coming on today. It was awesome to have you. I'm glad we were able to kind of get on and, and talk about the success that you guys have had so far. And then also just kind of your career at large now that you're a senior, you know, it's kind of I know we'd like to come and bring you on and kind of celebrate your time as a Chapman athlete. And um, yeah, good luck the rest of the way. Good luck with your tournament tomorrow. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I had a blast. This was so much fun. Shout out to all the Chapman sports. Sadly, that didn't have a season. My heart goes out for you. And for those who do this year, like give it all you got. All right. This has been Chapman sports radio Panther insider. We'll catch you guys next week.